In the previous episode, we discussed nine scenarios for when it makes sense to look for an advisor. Today's conversation, we will review the financial professionals that are available and how to differentiate between them. So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. CJ Burnett and Tom Siegel here. We are the owners of Florida Veterinary Advisors, national speakers at veterinary conferences and schools, and are fully licensed financial advisors. We get asked a lot about the questions that people should be asking a financial advisor when they are interviewing them. So this episode, we'll basically go through a few different questions that Tom and I were brainstorming that you should be asking a financial advisor when you sit down and actually have that conversation of what exactly do they do and how can they help you? When choosing a financial advisor to help you, there are a few things to consider. So what is the first question that we should be asking ourselves? The first question that you should be asking a financial advisor when you meet with them is what experience do they have, not just in the industry, but also outside the industry? Like what did they do before? What degree did they get in college? Did they get a finance degree? Did they get a political science degree? Did they get a degree in English? Were they on their way to law school, maybe, whenever they decided to become an advisor? What kind of path did they take that led them to the position that they're in right now? Did they invest their own money before investing other people's money? Hmm. Did they have anything that whenever they got in this business that they were already kind of aware of how money worked? Did they already teach people at their church about money? Did they, did they have a successful mentor or parent or somebody that helped them grow up in money to understand how money works and, and how financial topics impact each and every person? So how many years have they been working with clients? When did they start in the business? Have, has, have they always been an advisor? Just so when someone says they've been in the industry for 12 years, well, how long have they been an advisor and been working directly with clients? What additional education have they sought after in their field? Like all of these questions lead back to what is their experience and how do they bring their past and the knowledge that they've accumulated over the years of, of what they've done and apply it to being an advisor? And to add to that, are they the curious type that's always trying to keep learning and to keep trying to find out more information? Because as you know, the world is constantly evolving and things are changing. So it's always good to be kind of a, on, in front of the whole curve of uh, the things that are evolving and changing throughout time. That's true. That, that'll tell you if they're like kind of a, a status quo person or if they're constantly challenging what's being said out there. Right. The second question that we would suggest that you ask is what are their licenses? And do they offer products based on a fiduciary standard? This has become a very big buzzword lately because a fiduciary standard relates a lot to the investment world. And if they are a fiduciary, like what does that mean? How does it help you? And the main thing that we can be able to give a little distinction here, there's what they call a suitability standard. And then there's what they call the fiduciary standard. Suitability basically means that if it's something that's suitable for you, then then they could basically suggest that you get it. If it's fiduciary standard, is it in your best interest? So if there's other options available, well, do they at least let you know about them so you can choose between what you found to be the best solution for you? Do they just sell products? Are they product focused? Is that what they're, a lot of their energy is centered around? It's around like investments, is it around insurances, annuities. So those of you who are closer to retiring, like that's a big thing that people usually talk about. But for an example, someone who sells insurances might not have an investment license. 
Insurance people can sometimes sell insurance products, but they could sound like an investment product. And just being very cautious around like what the licenses are and these types of products that advisors are offering to make sure that they are suitable for you. Which I think is something that comes up a lot. When we're meeting with a lot of people, I, we've had probably three or four individuals that we've run across over the last six months where they said that you know, they go to an advisor and then we find out that the advisor isn't licensed. Like it's actually, they're not actually a financial advisor based upon the standard of what at the SEC or FINRA might consider a financial advisor. Right. They just put that on their card, and, but they're not actually an advisor because they just have an insurance license. Right. Well, and yeah, of course, depending on uh, who the regulatory company is or who that they work with could have a lot of standards around how they, what they call themselves and how they represent themselves to the public. And if they don't have any regulations or have anyone kind of governing them, let's just say from a compliance part, it, 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 they could pretty much call themselves whatever they want. This particular piece is what confuses people the most when it comes to licenses and financial advisors, which mm -hmm. I know we're going to have another podcast that is going to potentially shine more light on this and maybe bring some more clarity. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe. But, you know, and we'll go through this in a future podcast, but even professionals a lot of the time are, are completely confused as far as, you know, what the definition of a financial advisor is. So the third question that you should be asking a financial advisor when you meet with them is, do they have a planning process? Do they take this like 30,000 foot view of your finances or do they speak in just specific categories? And if you ask them a question about your mortgage or your student loans or anything that they aren't licensed in, are they at least enough aware of who you need to speak to in order to get the advice that you need? It's important to be aware that there are some people out there that are just going to sell a product. And then there are some people out there that are going to take you through a process that is somewhat independent of the products that you buy. But then they can oftentimes help you find the products that might fit your plan that they help put together. The fourth question, which actually tends to be a very big one, I would say, is are they working on a team or are they just trying to be a jack of all trades? And this can be a very interesting area to get into because if I'm trying to do everything and I'm trying to help in every possible category that is out there, how is it even realistic for me to be able to know every little detail when it comes to the, the world of planning? Because it could be around mortgages. It, it could be around investments. It could be around annuities. It could be around legal insurances, documents. legal documents, auto insurance, taxes. Like there's so many different things out there if they're trying to be everything. And keep in mind, if you are working with someone who is on a team, there are certain areas of licensing and certain products that they can actually offer based on whatever industry they're in. And then there are other professionals, which we'll talk about as we go a little bit further down here, that could be included as part of the planning process if they have one. But like, imagine if you are working with someone that has, that's trying to do everything. And what do you think are they going to be the results? And how do you believe the success you're going to have if it's kind of like almost like a shotgun approach? And maybe that's the direction that you would like to go. Siege and I, we've pretty much have distinguished in our business to where we have our own lanes that we go down. So people are getting the best knowledge. And, and I think it's important to note that the financial advisor doesn't have to help you with taxes, but maybe they have an accountant that can help you. They don't have to know everything about legal documents, but they at least have an attorney that they can, that they can send you to that can help you get the operating agreement or the shareholders agreement, the buy sell language, like, and, right. and they can coordinate with other professionals that know more about those particular areas. And then everyone can communicate between each other in order to ensure that whatever actions you're taking are being strategically done so that nothing is overlooked. So then 
and this happens a lot when we're doing business planning, oftentimes the people see the operating agreement as just this kind of document, this formal document that they just need to get done, as opposed to looking at the operating agreement as something that should be looked at from, you know, how, how is this going to change over time? And do we need to be aware of what other documents we have and what those things say in order to ensure that all of the documents are prepared with everything in mind? Super Instead important. of let's just get the operating agreement done and then we'll go to the shareholders agreement then we'll get that done and all the meanwhile they're not designing the plan the actual financial plan built around those documents to ensure that the transition of ownership in a business or that a business owner's exit is done properly like like all these other things are being completely missed so even though the legal documents are done well they're done but they're not taking into account how the financial piece is going to complement it the fifth question that you should be asking a financial advisor is how do they get compensated how do they get paid? Is it through commissions? Do you pay them a fee for their time? Do you pay them a fee for them managing the investments that you give them? And how does that compensation then translate into the services that they provide? You might find an advisor who can charge a fee for like an hourly fee for their time. And then maybe they also sell in insurance products. Well, you want to know that. You want to know if, if those people are, are also getting compensated on other types of financial products, even though you're paying them an hourly fee, they might be able to help you in other areas. But how do they get compensated? Like ask multiple times, ask them, okay, you get fees for planning. What else? Because you know, they might have multiple different ways that they get revenue and they just might not be thinking about one of the ways that they get compensated. And that's not their fault. Like, you know, they're, they're human. They're, they're not going to think of everything right up front potentially. So just keep asking the question. Okay. So you get a fee for planning. What, how else do you make money? Really? You know, it's an uncomfortable question to ask. And I, we've watched veterinarians be very scared to ask this question and for, for right reasons, right? Because it's, it's about money and Money can be uncomfortable to talk about, but you know, it's important. I mean, I, I, I can tell you right now, I know how the veterinarian gets paid. They're gonna charge you fee, a fee. Like they're gonna charge, you're gonna charge, you're gonna pay for their time. You're gonna pay for their expertise. So if everyone knows how a veterinarian get, gets paid, shouldn't the veterinarian know how their financial advisor gets paid? Very true. Uh, if you haven't asked your advisor or have no clue how they get paid and you work with someone, you might wanna ask them. The sixth question that you should be asking is what's their philosophy and do they have one? If they are maybe focused centered around just products, maybe there isn't a philosophy in general around overall planning. Maybe there could be a specific philosophy towards those certain products. So it could be companies, it could be just between the benefits that you are getting from them, what's inside the contracts. But if you are planning with someone, are they insurance first? Are they investments first? Investments tends to be the biggest topic because people find it exciting especially as the economy goes up and down and there's a lot more volatility that's out there. People are like, well, should I start buying in? But then it's like, well, are they focusing solely on that or are they focusing on insurance? So like, that's something valid to know. Do you want to protect your money first or grow your money first? So like, if you are planning and you're focusing on growing and not actually looking and making sure, hey, if you get into, you take the wrong turn or you become sick or injured tomorrow or something were to happen to where you're getting in a lawsuit, is your money that you're trying to grow so badly and trying to get these returns actually protected? The next thing is savings. Like, do they have any type of understanding around you know, or have a, a thought process between how much you should be saving. This is a super gray area out there because a lot of times people are like, I don't know, should I be saving 5%, 10%, 20%? Why should I be saving that? Like, what does that really mean to me? 
And does the person that you're working with have a really logical understanding of how much you should be saving, especially too, if you are saving versus investing money? Well, there can be a big difference between the two of those. Also, when it comes to repaying debt, how much cash should you have on hand? What is your rule around that? What is your thought process? If you have someone you work with, do they even have one? And if debt is a big concern to you, that might be something you want to make sure you're looking at. Um, mortgage selection. When interest rates are low and things are going on, how are you choosing between the right type of mortgage and what is the, the viewpoint from that advisor? And then also reducing income taxes. Is there a plan today and in retirement? Because there's a lot of times like we aren't tax professionals. However, at the same time, when people usually go to plan their day-to-day -day and their long-term plan, most tend to look at things in the present more than they tend to look in the future because there is it's more of like the instant gratification that we get. And can we see the trees beyond the forest? Is that something that we can actually see when we're planning? And does the advisor that you're working with have any type of rule of thumb or philosophy around that? The final question is, do they offer fee-based planning and help in other areas? So in recent years, fee-based only advisors have been discussed pretty often. And the biggest challenge is knowing exactly what a fee-based only advisor does. So even professional opinions differ on exactly what this is and what this should be. So there, there is no regulatory body that we see that oversees whenever a financial advisor calls himself fee only, like what that actually looks like. Now, most are registered with the SEC, which is to protect investors and maintain orderly functions of the investment market. So the best place you can start is to interview these people to find out where they actually stand. Like, don't just hire somebody because they state that they are a fee-only advisor. Challenge and question them. Make them show you, not just tell you. If you find an advisor that basically gives you the same advice that you can find online, then what's the purpose of hiring them? I mean, are you looking for accountability? Is there some kind of coaching that you're looking for? Or, you know, are you looking for actual good, solid advice to understanding and, 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 and having someone translate information to how it impacts you personally? So some people will side with one business model over another. But I want to be clear on this. There is no side to take. When you just look at the information and try to decide what is right for you, there is no side. If you were going to pick a side, then the side you should pick is what is going to put you in the best possible position financially. That is the side that you, should, that you need to pick. There are advisors that can charge a fee for a financial plan, but can also help with other financial products outside of the plan that they put together for you should you need help in other areas. Now, when we work with clients, many will engage us through a fee because it takes the pressure off of them to purchase products. It's kind of nice whenever you can go through a planning process and not feel like someone's going to be turning the corner and trying to sell you something else. So we are not fee-only advisors, but I think it's important to note and just be very transparent. You know, even though we're not fee-only advisors, we can't act in, the, in that capacity with a client, but we're not fee-only advisors because we personally have needed financial products that no one else would help us with. And we had to figure it out on our own. My personal plan, the more I learned about different types of products, the more I realized that in certain circumstances, I needed things that fee-only advisors would not offer. So even though we can be fee-based advisors, we can also step in, step in other roles to help them with whatever types of insurances or investments that they may need, even though there are many other people out there that can help them with it as well. Right.
Yeah, there's many instances where people will ask us how to get certain products to complete their plan because plan without actually implementation is really just a dream. It's not really like a plan. So if people really want some help with implementing things, we can. And we're able to assist them in finding the best options. And at the same time, you know, we're, we're all about helping people take action. The advisor that you're working with, if they are fee-only or if they offer multiple other services, it is not to say one is good or one is bad always just making sure that you're looking at based on your circumstances and what you want. And if you don't know what you want, well, you might want to also go back to an earlier episode of ours talking about what your vision is, because this could actually really help you with finding the right person for you. So there are other financial professionals that get confused as financial advisors, and we're not going to go into a whole lot of detail around this, but we will list them out so you can get a better understanding of who's out there. But the first one that we usually see a lot of that people will confuse as a financial advisor are CPAs, accountants, bookkeepers. So how many times have you been at a party and you've said, yeah, I'm a financial advisor. And they're like, oh, can you do my taxes? Nah, lots of times. Or it's just my accountant is my, my financial advisor and they're not the same thing. Like they're not the same thing at all. It, uh, it's, easy, it's easy to get confused though. I mean, I, you know, as somebody who before I was in this industry, I was still very financially aware but I definitely can understand how veterinarians could get CPAs and financial advisors confused because they, they sound like they're probably the same, but they're not. Yeah. Well, and they're giving a lot of advice around financial decisions. And right. of course, when you go to that person and you give them all of your stuff, by default, we almost feel like we want to gravitate in that direction. So it makes sense. It definitely makes sense. Uh, another one that gets confused are attorneys. And this actually goes echoes back to what CJ was saying earlier around implementing if you have a business and you're looking to do a buy-sell agreement. And of course, each person has their own roles that they play in here, but making sure, you know, is, is it that you're trying to create something from a bigger picture or is it more of just implementing something? Attorneys also, like there's many types of attorneys. There's attorneys that can help with your business. There's estate planning attorneys. There's attorneys that like, you know, you would contact if you got in a car accident. So attorneys in general, like when we say attorneys, it's more of just a catch-all. But more often right. than not, when we're working with clients, they don't just need one attorney. And so having some coordination between attorneys and the financial advisor is pretty important. Yeah, super important. Another, another person that gets usually confused with financial advisors is property and casualty agents. Of course, you'll go and get auto and homeowners and everything, and then they will might service other products. It's not bad or good to go in either one of these directions, but it could be someone that gets confused. Uh, another one are insurance agents. This is insurance agents referring to different types of disability and life insurance that are out there. Like they're not theoretically a financial advisor from the terminology of what our business is. CFO, so they're called certified financial officers. You usually find these within inside of businesses. You could have like your own personal CFO as an individual planning if you hire an advisor that could help you with something like that. But a CFO is not typically someone who would be a financial advisor. Personal and business bankers. Those can be a lot of times very confused because it's like, well, I'm looking for bank accounts or they get transitioning you to trying to start taking some loans on. Being very, very careful around that. Commercial lenders. So commercial lenders, if you have a business, like these can be ones that are lending around equipment or buying properties, anything that's related to the profitability and ongoing of a business. The other one common are realtors, mortgage brokers, especially when it comes to purchasing a home. There is a certain criteria that they go by when it comes to being how much mortgage you can be approved for or the type of house that's out there. Just being very careful on when it comes to making decisions around this. And then there's other people that are out there that could be put into this category at the same time. And when you're looking at the term of a financial advisor, it's given to people who hold certain licensing. 
And because there is no regulatory authority that oversees financial professionals, there are many of them who could use the term advisor loosely, and it could cause a lot of confusion for people. This always keep in mind that when you are trying to find someone to help service certain areas in your planning, when it comes to just your overall financial plan, when someone has the term advisor, they are licensed in a particular way. So to find out more about the type of financial professional that you're working with, or even looking to hire, a good resource to go to is brokercheck.com. Real quick, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, write down brokercheck.com. On this site, you can see where they work, you can see where they've worked in the past, you can see different disclosures of different client disputes, and if they've had any problems in the past, you can see the licenses that they have right now, and you can even see all of the states that they work in. Do you want to find out if you should be working with an advisor? What you can do at this moment is visit our website at www.flvetadvisors.com. And on the main page, you'll see where it says, test my plan. This is a brief assessment that will provide you a score on your knowledge of your plan. If you score less than a 90 on the assessment, you might want to consider working with someone or speaking to someone at least to take a look at what you're doing. This is CJ Burnett. And this is Tom Seco. Wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. CJ Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. CJ Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly-owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veneer Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purpose only. Only guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. This material is intended for general use. By providing the content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. The individuals associated with Florida Veterinary Advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. 2022-140765 expires July 2024.